Welcome to Maranatha Teaching Podcast. I'm your host, Femi Fenoyo. We have joined a series that I've been doing on Maranatha YouTube teaching channel titled The Bible. We have joined the series at the beginning of another season, which we have titled The Story of the Whole Bible. I really, really specially want to commend to you that you listen to the last episode. That is episode 221. We are still in Genesis chapter 3 verse 15. God said in Genesis chapter 3 verse 15, And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and a seed. He shall bruise your head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. So the last teaching is so important. It is so, so important. So I'm just going to do a little review here. Just a little review. We asked ourselves two questions the last time. And the first thing we ask ourselves is that who is the seed? And when and how will the seed crush Satan's head? Then the second question was, why did God play his hand and announce the proto-evangelion? That's, those were the two questions we asked ourselves. And we started answering the first question. And we said that the when and the how that the seed will bruise the head of the serpent will be a subject for future teaching. Okay, But at the moment, we are looking at the identity of the seed of the woman, okay? And we ended the last teaching by reading Romans. You remember we read Romans chapter 5, we read verses 15 and 19. So let's start with that today. So let's read Romans chapter 5, verses 15 and 19, but not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ has abounded unto many, verse 19, for as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. So by the obedience of one, by the obedience of one man, shall many be made righteous. So we said that the seed of the woman must of necessity be human. He must be a king's man redeemer. He must of necessity be human. And that is what that verse is telling us by one man. The scripture was very emphatic which is by one man. Now, we must not deny the divinity of our Lord Jesus Christ because he is the Messiah, he is the Christ. But at the same time, we must not deny his humanity. He was 100% human, but he was 100% divine. There's a mystery there, which by the grace of God will be unfolded in the right time. So that Romans chapter 5, verse 15 and verse 19 said, one man. Okay, he is a man and it is important, it is necessary for him to be human in order for him to be our redeemer. But he must at the same time of necessity be greater than Adam and Eve. He must of necessity be stronger, be wiser than the first Adam because the devil made a meal of Adam and Eve really. So it is of necessity that he must be human. But it is also of necessity that he must not partake of the weakness and the wickedness of the first Adam. So the Bible talks about another Adam. And we're going to read a couple of scriptures in the next couple of minutes. The Bible talks about another Adam. But the Bible says that he is like the first Adam, but he is greater than the first Adam. So let's read 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and take some instruction there. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 45 to 47. And so it is written the first man. Adam was made a living soul. The last Adam was made a quickening spirit. 
Howbeit, that was not first which is spiritual, but that which is natural, and afterward that which is spiritual. The first man is of the earth, earthy, and the second man is the Lord from heaven. So the Bible talks there about the last Adam. The Adam we came across in the Garden of Eden was the first Adam, and the Bible talks about the last Adam. But understand that the last Adam is Adam. Okay, and that is very, very important. And the word Adam actually just means man. The word Adam just means human. And there's a sense in which when God created Adam and Eve, God called both of them Adam. Okay, Adam is a generic name for human. Yes, Adam then named his wife Eve. So the Bible called the last Adam a human. So the last Adam is human. He is human and he must be human, but he is greater in fact, I dare say is far, far, far greater. And when we read that first Corinthians chapter 15, verses 45 to 47, notice the contrast between the first Adam and the last Adam. Now we've seen the comparison. We've compared them both are Adam. But the last Adam is greater. The Bible says that the first Adam was made a living soul, where we've just read. But the last Adam was made a quickening spirit. You see the contrast. The first Adam was natural. The last Adam is spiritual. You see the difference? The first Adam is of the earth, and the Bible says it's earthy. But the last Adam, wow, is the Lord from heaven. Now, this is very, very important. Remember when the Lord Jesus Christ was born, it's called Emmanuel, God with us. This scripture that we read over here tells us very, very clearly that the second man, the second Adam, the last Adam is the Lord from heaven. Remember, we are answering the question. We are looking at the identity of the seed of the woman. And we've said a lot of things the last time. I'm not going to go back. The Bible says the second Adam, the last Adam, is the Lord from heaven. Okay? He will be 100% human, but he's 100% divine. The last Adam, yes, pardon me, I know, I know, I am knocking it on the earth. The last Adam is the Lord from heaven. He must be human, but he must be greater than Adam and Eve. For him to be able to do and defeat, to do what the first Adam failed at and defeat the devil, he must of necessity be greater than the first Adam. Now, let's all read Isaiah chapter 11, verse 9. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountains, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the water covers the sea. And you may be wondering, why did I read that? <laughs> okay, this is Isaiah chapter 11 verse 9. It's an example of what it will look like after the seed of the woman have crushed the head of the serpent. After evil, sin, wickedness, rebellion has been cancelled, has been erased, has been expounded from God's kingdom, both in heaven and on earth. And this is going to be the result. The Bible call it by various names. Rest, paradise, Eden. You remember all those words? We've come across all these words in our previous, previous, previous teaching. So this is going to be the result of the rule and the reign of the seed of the woman after he has crushed the head of the serpent. So what, or rather, who will be responsible for the restoration of this Edenic-like state that we read here in Isaiah chapter 11? This rest, this paradise that we are reading here in Isaiah chapter 
11 verse 9. Who will be responsible for this? Now, we will read that in Isaiah chapter 11 because it tells us earlier, okay, who will be responsible for this. So let's read some early verses in that Isaiah chapter 11. So Isaiah chapter 11, let's go back to that. And I'm going to read verse 1. I'm going to read verse 2. I'm going to read verse 4. Obviously, you know, verses 1, 2, and 4 comes before verse 9. <laughs> and then we'll jump and read verse 10. Verse 1. And there shall come forth what? A rod out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his root. Verse 2. And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. Hallelujah. Verse 4. And he shall smite the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips shall he slay the wicked. He will bruise the head of the serpent. Verse 10. And in that day there shall be a root of Jesse, which shall stand for an ensign of the people. To each shall the Gentile seek, and his rest shall be glorious. And you will begin to pick up, isn't it, a lot of themes that we've been coming across as we go through this teaching. So the Bible says that the seed of the woman, the Messiah, the Christ that will be responsible for the restoration of this Edenic-like state that was lost in Genesis chapter 1 and 2, or Genesis chapter 2, I should say, that he, he here is called the rod that comes out of the stem of Jesse, a branch that is growing out of his root is called, you know, verse 10 says, and there shall be a root of Jesse. So the seed of the woman who will be responsible for our restoration the Bible call, it, call him here the rod out of the stem of Jesse or a root of Jesse. In other words, this human <laughs> who is the Lord from heaven is connected to David. I mean, obviously, you know that David is the son of Jesse, okay? And this is what the prophet is telling us here. And I'm, I'm doing this connection for us. If you remember one of the teaching we did long, long time ago where we talk about a good storyteller have a way of connecting their story. They give you clues so that you can connect it and connect it to the future story. So the Bible called the seed of the woman here in Isaiah chapter 11, the Bible called him a root of Jesse, a rod out of the stem of Jesse is connected to David who is Jesse's son par excellence. So the seed of the woman also as we will see, is also called the seed of Abraham, is also called the son of God. We've called him the Lord from heaven. We've seen that he is going to be the son of David or the, the root that comes out of the stem of Jesse. The stem of Jesse is David. David is the son of Jesse. And the seed of the woman, the Messiah, will be the son of David. Okay? And also, as we read the scripture, we'll see that the seed is also called the seed of Abraham and it's also called the son of God. So let's read this in Genesis chapter 22 and then we'll go to 1 John chapter 3. Genesis chapter 22 verse 18. And in thy seed, this is God speaking to Abraham. And in thy seed, you remember what we call seed, your offspring, your posterity, your descendant. In thy seed shall all nations of the earth be blessed because thou hast obeyed my voice. Okay, I'm not going to go into the story that underpinned this declaration from God. But what I want you to see here is that the seed of the woman is also the seed of Abraham. 
and in thy seed shall all nations of the earth be blessed because thou hast obeyed my voice. First John chapter 3 verse 8. He that committed sin is of the devil, for the devil sinned from the beginning. Didn't we see that? Haven't we seen that? But second part, for this purpose, the Son of God, hallelujah, for this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Who is he that is going to destroy the works of the devil? It is the seed of the woman who will crush, who will bust open <laughs> the head of the serpent. So that first John chapter 3 verse 8 tells us again that for this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. So the seed of the woman is here called the Son of God. So as we read through all the scripture, it's showing us the identity of the seed of the woman. It's called the Lord from heaven. It's called the seed from the branch of Jesse. Is the son of David. It's called the seed of Abraham. It's called here the son of God. So the seed of the woman is the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus the Christ is the Messiah. Is the root. Is the root of Jesse. Is the son of David. Is the seed of Abraham. Is the son of God. Hallelujah. Now, we go to Galatians chapter 4, verse 4, because that actually also want to establish for us. Galatians chapter 4, verse 4 says that Jesus was born of a woman. <laughs> okay, we are establishing that Jesus the Christ, the Messiah, is the seed of the woman. So Galatians chapter 4, verse 4, we're going to read it very soon. It says Jesus was born of a woman. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 14 says that it partakes of flesh and blood. Let's read both of them together. All right. Galatians chapter 4 verse 4. But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son. He is the son of God. But how? Made of a woman or born of a woman. Made under the law or born under the law. So here we see that the Lord Jesus Christ is clearly to, told us is the son of God. God sent forth his son, but he will be born of a woman. What does that tell us? That is an illusion, as it were. Born of a woman is an allusion to what we've read in Genesis chapter 3 verse 15, the seed of the woman. Born of the woman is the offspring, is the descendant of the woman, is the seed of the woman. So where we read in that Genesis chapter, I mean Galatians chapter 4 verse 4 tells us that it's made or born of a woman. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 14, for as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also, who is he also? The seed of the woman, the Christ, the Messiah, he also himself likewise took part of the same. What the same? He took part in flesh and blood that through death he might destroy him, he might crush his head, he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil. So what I want you to see here is we are establishing the identity of this seed of the woman. So Galatians chapter 4 verse 4 is, a, is an allusion to what we read in Genesis chapter 3 verse 15, born of the woman, seed of the woman. And then where we read in Hebrews chapter 2 verse 14, it says that it will partake of flesh and blood. In other words, it will partake of our human nature. And this is speaking about the incarnation, God becoming a man. So in the seed of the woman, 
God will step into the arena. Oh, praise the Lord. But he will be human. And we'll see the implication and the application of that. Okay. He will be made to come into physical existence. He will be born of a woman. And he will partake of flesh and blood. He will partake of our human nature. And this is what we call incarnation, when God became a man. And this Messiah will crush the head of the serpent. That is what we read in that first John chapter 3, verse 8, isn't it? It tells us that this son of God will destroy all the works of the devil. And that word destroy there is very, very important. When you look at that word in the original Greek, it means to break up, to dissolve, to melt, to overthrow to do away with, to demolish, to destroy the works of the devil. And that is the purpose for which the Son of God will be manifested. There's something that the devil knows for sure that his total pig back day, his total wipe out day is coming. <laughs> it will surely come. It is inescapable. Satan's total wipe out day, pay back day, gathered together and excluded and cancelled and erased, that day will come. It's already under judgment, okay, but the day of his total annihilation, well, I shouldn't call it annihilation because it will not be annihilated really, but it will be excluded. The Bible says that it will be incarcerated for eternity. Why are we so sure? Why, 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 why are we so sure of this? Look, God said it in the Garden of Eden. We've read it. God proclaimed it in his judgment upon Satan. As God passed the judgment, God proclaimed it that the seed of the woman will bruise your head and you'll be allowed to bruise his heel. The devil actually don't have the power to bruise the heel of the seed of the woman. But God said that in the process of the seed, bruising your head, you will bruise his heel. So the bruising of the heel of the seed of the woman is part of divine plan. So the serpent will not bruise the heel of the seed of the woman because it somehow have powerful enough to do it. No. God will allow that because the bruising of the heel of the seed of the woman is part of the process. And God will use the devil. <laughs> In the process to fulfill his purpose. Even the bruising of the heel of the seed of the woman is fulfilling God's purpose and God's plan because that bruising will be necessary for our redeem redemption. We'll come to that. I'm going ahead of myself. Let's read Revelation chapter 21. Revelation chapter 21. Let's read a couple of verses from here. Let's read verse 1 and then we jump down to verses 4 and 5. Now, this is, we are going back to the end of the story, the back of the book. Revelation chapter 21, verse 1. And I saw <laughs> a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. Verse 4. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death. Hallelujah. Neither sorrow, nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain. For the former things are passed away. <laughs> And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for this word are true and faithful. Wow. We can sit down with this verse. And this will be when Eden is restored back to paradise. This is rest. This is rest. And this 
is what the seed. The seed will crush the head of serpent, will cleanse God's kingdom of this bloth, of this rebellion, of this atmosphere of evil and wickedness. And the Bible says that there will be a new thing, a new heaven, a new earth. God will wrap up this creation that Satan has tainted. <clears throat> God will deal, God used this creation, this old creation to deal eternally with the question of evil, with the question of sin, with the question of rebellion, and God will wrap that up, and God will create a new heaven and a new earth. And in that new heaven and new earth, there will be no sin. Consequently, there will be no death. There will be no pain. There will be no sorrow. Back to the Edenic state, the way God created it in the beginning. Over the course of our story, we will meet men and we will meet women who are types and shadow of the seed of the woman. Now we've looked at the seed of the woman and that seed is singularly, is primarily the Lord Jesus Christ. Remember what we said about the seed in Genesis chapter 3, that is a collective singular, that there is one individual, but is also standing for a group. So when you read through the scripture, we will come, we will meet men and women who are types and shadow of the seed of the woman. So when we come the next time, we are going to look at all these people. I mean, not all of them. We are going to look at this group of the people, connecting them to the seed of the woman and see how the story play out in the, in the life of these people. Praise the Lord. So if you are listening to me tonight, I beg you, there's no other name. There's no religion that is given among men by which we might be saved. God came in because only God can help us and help is available. Okay. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. This is the only way out. And, but you have to come to the end of yourself to know that you can't do it. You need help. Yeah, you come to him. Ask him to save you, to help you. He will. Confess him. Confess that you are a sinner. Accept his gift of salvation on that cross. Receive him as your Lord and Savior. He will come in. He will do a deep work inside of you right now. And then that life will begin to flow out to affect your external life. He will work with you through thick and thin. There will still be challenges, but it will be there. Even though you pass through the valley of shadow of death, you fear no evil because God is with you. And when this is all over, because it is going to be over, what God is going to get out of this whole create the old creation, is his people. And then he will create a new heaven and a new earth. And then you will spend eternity with him in that new heaven and new earth. Do it today. We sincerely invite you to check out our teachings on YouTube Maranatha Teaching Channel. They will bless you. Thank you.